0: you stick with what you believe in, you stick to your mission. You know, I'm sure people will get ahead of us in all sorts of ways and take shortcuts we're not going to take. Um, and we just aren't going to do that.
1: It's one small step for man. Liftoff, we well, have a liftoff. We
0: cherish to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they I are I have hard. a
1: dream. You can't handle the truth.
0: Seven. Six. Five, four,
1: three. Two. One.
0: Super, 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 super.
1: Super you. Thank you for tuning in to today's Super U podcast. I'm your host Eric Quama, but a lot of you know me as Equal Man. Today we're going to get some insights around artificial intelligence from the number one expert in the world on this. That's right, Sam Altman is an American entrepreneur, investor, and programmer, and he's the current CEO of OpenAI. So if you've ever used ChatGPT, that is a part of OpenAI. Altman was born in Chicago, Illinois. Gotta love those Midwesterners. He attended Stanford University, where he graduated with a degree in computer science in 2005. So obviously no dummy and after graduating Altman worked as a sophomore engineer at Google. He was the president of Y Combinator and was briefly the CEO of Reddit. Y Combinator as you might know is a startup accelerator program, and it's helped some of the most successful tech companies get off the ground, including some you may have heard of, like Airbnb, Stripe, and Dropbox, just to name a few. He served as that president at Y Combinator until 2019. Now, Altman co-founded OpenAI, where he's current CEO. He founded that in 2015, which is a non-profit research company. Most of you might not know that, although they sold portions to Microsoft. It's kind of a weird deal. We probably won't unpack that today, but uh, it's a non-profit research company that is dedicated Dedicated to developing safe and beneficial artificial intelligence. And as mentioned, he's the current CEO. Altman is only 38 years old. And for those that play the hype game, he's five foot seven. Now we'll get right into this because a lot of you listeners out there, the main question is is this all hype? Is this just a hype cycle? Is AI really that big of a deal?
0: I mean, we, we, we have figured out how to make legitimate intelligence in a computer. It's not a parlor trick. It actually learns. It actually can like combine concepts in novel ways. It can it can figure out new things, uh, and this you know you can see this now starting to really take effect with some of our products. Uh, we have something called Copilot with Microsoft. Um, developers that use that, it's now writing half their code. So there's an AI doing half of people's jobs. Uh, we have another thing called Dolly, which does uh, generates images and. Uh, uh, there's a lot of benefits to that. It's, you know, generating tens of millions of images a day for people. Um, But that's doing like all of illustrators jobs. Uh, So this is like, and then you have our text models like GPT-3 and beyond that are doing a very wide array of tasks. But, but we have actually figured out how to put human-like cognition into a computer. And that I think will be the most significant shift probably that we see in our lifetimes of The technological landscape, I think this will be bigger than any of the great technological revolutions of the past, like this will be bigger than the industrial revolution, Uh, I will change every aspect of society. And I think it's going to be on the whole just tremendously good, but but it will certainly be a disruptive time.
1: Now, one of the main promises and one that I'm super excited about when it comes to AI is can it give me back some time, meaning that AI can do a lot of the stuff that maybe I don't want to do or that maybe I want to do other things. And you're an expert around getting things done as well, just when you think about your background. And so I wrote the Focus Project. And in the book, we go into detail that I'm more interested in energy management than time management, meaning that if we were given another 48 hours, we'd still not get everything done, do we need to get done? So it's all really about how do I manage my own energy? And I know from some of your background that it's really personal, meaning you've got to figure out what works best for you when it comes to getting stuff done and achieving those goals. That's what we go in length in my book as well is that I'm gonna give you a bunch of different things you can test, but really you've got to make it your own. you got to figure out what are the ingredients that are gonna make your best self. When you think about it, like you're a chef and you got to figure out what ingredients do you want to use that you enjoy eating? Because everyone has different taste buds. And so when it comes to time management, energy management, getting stuff done, basically getting blank done, how do we do that?
0: I, mean, I think there's like a lot of crap written about productivity secrets on the internet and people sort of like get into this thing where they spend more time like trying to be productive about their productivity system than actually getting things done. I, I will say, I think that, well, I'll say two, I think pieces of advice that aren't that obvious. Um, one, is i think far more important than any particular system is just figuring out the right things to work on and so all of the time that people spend with like this new productivity app or that or whatever would be better spent like really trying to think diligently about i have the same number of hours as anybody else what am i going to spend them on and getting that right is more important than exactly like being perfectly productive with those hours Um, a big part of that is not doing things that waste time Uh, i think if you can just like focus on the things that are important and not do the things that waste time, um, you can be fairly sloppy with productivity otherwise, and you'll still get far more done than most people. Um, it's, it's really hard to do though. The other thing that I think people don't think about enough is figuring out your own personal like rhythms of productivity. Um, and there's huge variance, I've noticed, between people that figure this out and don't. Um, so like for me personally, it turns out that I am most productive if I go to sleep late, wake up late, and then keep the first like three or four hours of the day and don't schedule any meetings, like work from home, like get through my list of stuff then, and then like pack all my meetings when I'm kind of less productive at just grinding stuff out or thinking creatively in the afternoon. Um, And like, it took me some number of years to figure that out because it didn't like fit well with the work schedule I was naturally in. But then I was like, all right, if this is like the thing to, that makes me most productive, then I'm going to like make my whole schedule work to support that. And that was like a really important change for me. Uh, so I think figuring out your own personal like optimal times to work on what kind of different things, uh, people don't really talk about that much. And at least for me, it had a huge impact.
1: Time, a lot of us don't think about it as an investment, but that's the biggest asset that we have. It's the commodity. It's the most precious commodity, our time. So when it comes to investment, whether that's your time, talent, or treasures, when it comes to investing, there's so many options, especially as someone at your level. How do you decide where to invest, whether that's your time, talent, or treasures? or Normally, it's all three. So how do you decide where to invest your time, talent, and treasures?
0: I I try to just do things that I'm interested in at this point. One of the things I have realized is... All of the companies I think I have added a lot of value to are the ones that I sort of like think about in my free time on a hike or whatever, and then text the founder and say, hey, I have this idea for you. And I have learned kind of like what those are and the ones that are not, I think like every founder deserves an investor who is like gonna think about them while they're hiking. And so I've tried to like hold myself to the stuff that I really love, which tends to be like the hard tech years of R&D Capital intensive or like sort of like risky art, like risky research. And then, but if it works, it really works.
1: So then, once you decide where to invest your time, talent, and treasures, there's literally four focused animals. I'm going to go on the four of them. Those that have listened to this podcast have probably heard me talk about them. You can go back and listen to that particular episode where we actually did give you part of the audible version of the focus project. But one of those focus animals is a squirrel. Squirrel meaning shiny object syndrome. Oh my gosh, shiny object. I need to do that. Boom, you move over here. And and really a lot of successful people, it's tough for them because they start something new and they see the next new thing and they get excited about that item and it distracts them. It pulls them towards that shiny objects. so how do we avoid that how do we make sure that once we've decided where to invest our time talent and treasures how do we keep that focus
0: you stick with what you believe in you stick to your mission you know i'm sure people will get ahead of us in all sorts of ways and take shortcuts we're not going to take um and we just aren't going to do that i think there's going to be many agis in the world so we don't have to like out compete everyone we're going to contribute one other people are going to contribute some. I think up. I think multiple AGIs in the world with some differences in how they're built and what they do and what they're focused on. I think that's good. Um, we have a very unusual structure, so we don't have this incentive to capture unlimited value. I worry about the people who do, but you know, hopefully, it's all going to work out. But we're a weird org, and we're good at. Resisting project like we have been a misunderstood and badly mocked org for a long time. Like when we started we like announced the org at the end of 2015 and said we were gonna work on AGI, like people thought we were batshit insane. Yeah. You know, like I I remember at the time a uh eminent AI scientist at a large industrial AI lab was like DMing individual reporters, being like You know, these people aren't very good and it's ridiculous to talk about AGI and I can't believe you're giving them time of day. And it's like that was the level of like pettiness and rancor in the field at a new group of people saying we're going to try to build AGI.
1: There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear around artificial intelligence, so much so that you're called into Congress. It's like going to the dentist on steroids. But you're very relaxed and very measured and you seem very measured especially for someone that's quite young in perspective when you think about most business leaders these days are in their 50s, 60s when you think about a Musk, a Bezos, even Gates is even higher than that up there Warren Buffett. You know, how do you how do you become so measured most importantly for our listening audience? Is it a benefit To remain calm, and you might not have always been this way. I know myself, a lot of us start off kind of type A personalities, high stress, go, 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 running a thousand miles an hour, thinking about things all the time, tough for us to sleep. How do we, in, in short, how do we slow things down? How do we slow that game down like a good athlete? How do we make things come in more in slow motion so we're not just running at a million miles an hour, but yet we're getting things done at a million miles an hour, if that makes sense. As you probably noticed while you were visiting Congress, if you could say the word visiting, a lot of pessimism. There's a lot of negativity around AI, so much so people think we should just stop it altogether. Even Elon Musk has said we should stop it till we understand a little better. How do you remain so optimistic in the face of all this pessimism?
0: The one that Resonates me with the most, and it wasn't intentional at the time, but it became intentional during the process. Was becoming a calm person. I think I started off my career in life as a, a very like anxious, high-strung person, m- much more than I realized, and I think it was a negative in in many ways. The obvious ones about being sort of just generally kind of unhappy and you know somewhat miserable, and also just work wise like tremendously less effective and a much worse leader. And then through a conscious effort, eventually, what what started off is just like interest. Mostly in exploring meditation and sort of introspection about why I was the way I was and sort of why I why I was like so sort of high strung and just wound up in a in an unproductive and un. Way. It started, I guess, as trying to explore why this was like in the way of my productivity and then it became why I was in the way of my happiness. That process, I think, made me just much better at my, my job in addition to much happier in my life. I think one of the things anyone learns running a company is there are a lot of crises all of the time and you can get through them. You do get through them, but to the degree, you kind of believe you're going to get through them even if you don't see exactly how you get through them much more more effectively. And also you really have an effect on how other people that work with you when they look to you for guidance and and sort of culture setting and how they should react. It really changes how they should react. And, And basically like the situations that don't benefit from calmness and sort of thought and sort of appropriate perspective before action are very few and far between. And so I think the steadiness that brings to work leads to the ability to get to much better answers on much harder problems. It's also just like a much more pleasant way to live.
1: On one of our SuperU podcasts, Bezos has a quote that he said, "I knew that if I failed, I wouldn't regret that, but I knew the one thing I might regret is not trying." As some compare you to say that you're the next Bezos, what do you feel about this approach to life and also business? Progress is not;
0: it's it's not a perfectly exponential curve. It's not; it's not even a straight line. Um, and you know, we are clearly in a challenging period now. Um, but I think if you look back at the last few hundred and then few thousand years, um, if you zoom out enough that the squiggles on the curve kind of disappear, um, the world's getting so much better. And I think that's going to keep happening. Um, and I am, you know, even with everything going on right now, um, I'm delighted to be alive right now and not 100 years ago and certainly not you know 200 or 2,000 years ago. Um, and I think we do have technology to thank for a lot, and we have better governance. systems. like the number of people living in a democracy, uh, you know, 200 years ago was very low the percentage. And as horrible as things are, the fact that we get to stand up uh, and speak our minds without fear of you know being thrown in jail for political opposition, and the fact that we get to vote again in three and a half more years, um, I think that's amazing. And I think it's easy to take that for granted, but. Uh, Yeah, I think the future is gonna be a lot better. I mean, very optimistic.
1: Those are some great insights from Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI. If you haven't used ChatGPT, you should. You should also check out Google Bard because I always say that AI is not going to take your job, but someone that knows how to use it is going to take your job. These are great tools. I use them almost every day. They're not perfect. They still hallucinate. For those that don't know that, feel free to Google it. But it's all about or go on Bard and ask what is hallucination and then maybe they'll give you a false answer as well. No, hallucinating is where these AI tools make things up because they're trying to to develop stuff and create stuff not regurgitate what's already existing out there. It uses existing information but it's trying to make something new, a new piece of art. It's trying to make something new so it'll occasionally hallucinate, meaning it'll say that Eric Qualman went to Notre Dame University which I did not go to Notre Dame University but definitely go out and check these tools out. Again, I'd probably start with ChatGPT, the free version, and then also with uh, Google Bard. You can use Dolly, which they mentioned, if you're, you're more into art. But yeah, go check these tools out. I think uh, AI, I don't think. My belief on AI, because a lot of people ask me this is that it's underhyped in the long term. It's a little overhyped right now. So, underhyped long term, overhyped right now, but this can change very rapidly. I always use the example of QR codes. We're 2003, everyone thought they're the next thing since sliced bread. Nobody used them. 17 years later, you used a QR code today. I know you did. You use them almost every day now. Who knew that it would take a pandemic to make QR codes pervasive? Speaking of pervasive, this show is only pervasive because of the great team here at Equal Man Studios. That's Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and of course the fabulous Kelsey Gomez. And thanks to all of you for tuning in each and every week. I hope you're getting a lot out of the Super You Podcast. It's a show designed to unlock and unleash your superpower on the world because we're all superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. We're to cover stuff from artificial intelligence all the way to how do I focus better, all the way to parenting. So if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, please let us know. Just send me an email at equalman at equalman Dot com thank you for all those five star reviews on apple and also spotify it really helps other people discover this show the super you podcast and thanks again for tuning in each and every week and until next time this is equal man reminding all of us it's not what we take from the world it's what we leave behind
0: seven six five
1: four three two one super 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 you